0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast episode number 230. How about that? What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, friend? Uh, feeling
1: better. You can hear it in the voice. It sounds good. There's still one, like, stupid little, like, it sounds gross, but it's mucus, right? Like, stuck mm-hmm. in, like, the back kind of throat. You know where, like, the nasal cavity connects with the throat type of thing? Oh, yeah. Right in there. There's one little kind of like, ha, ah, you're not cured yet. Screw I want to say a bad word here, and I don't I didn't want to spit it out. But, um, anyways, I want to spit this out. I just want it out. So I'm horking around the... <gasps> I sound like a cat with a hairball going around my eyes trying to get this thing out. And uh, anyway, so just that little little thing. It's probably no bigger than like my pinky nail type of thing. Screwing up my entire life right now. So that's my life. What about you?
0: Well, I'm glad you're on the mend because we had a couple weeks in a row where we were... We, EOI was struggling a little bit. So I'm glad we're almost back to full strength. Uh, busy week for me as uh, on Saturday... Uh, as of this past Saturday, gambling became legal in New York State sports betting. And obviously, I, I work for a sports betting company. So uh, it, it's been a very hectic few days for us, but all good things. So,
1: yeah, busy professionally. So that, that's good. You know, gets the monies in. got to get paid somehow. Exactly. So we're going to transition. We'll get into the show. We
0: have a lot to get into today. We're going to talk about the Islanders schedule, what it looks like right now. Uh, standings wise and then we have some few other things to get into so let's look actually let's start here are they playing tomorrow
1: <laughs> yes or no I, I, that is a really good question right so right off the hop right we have to talk about like are they playing because they're scheduled to play the new jersey devils at home and by all accounts the game is going to happen but there are like seven players for the New Jersey Devils in COVID protocol right now. You got Blackwood, Bastion, Zaka, Serengovic, Johnson, Hamilton, Gerson, and Pavel Zaka just came out, right? Yep. I I, I think, no, not Zaka. Nico Heischer, I believe, just came out. Yeah, one of them did. I saw somebody come out. I don't remember which of the two, but it was one of them. Let's assume it's Zach. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So let's say it's six to seven players in COVID protocol right now for the New Jersey Devils. And they just placed Blackwood today, was it not? Yes. <laughs> it's growing. Right now, it's growing. And they're going to be in, on Long Island. I was going to say in UBS, but that sounds weird. So like on Long Island to play the Islanders. And I, I don't know if it's going to happen.
0: No, I don't know. I, I want them to play because it's been since January 1st, one game since the year that, or the calendars flipped to 2022, it's been 12 or it will be 12 days. It's been, I guess 11 technically now, but it feels like forever. It, It
1: really does. But it does because if you extend it further than that, they've played two games in 24 days right they played like you said on the 1st against the Edmonton Oilers and then they played uh, December 21st I'm going to say against the Vegas Golden Knights
0: uh, uh they, well they had uh Buffalo on the 30th did they actually play Buffalo really yeah but they won 4-1 on
1: the 30th now i totally forget that game even happened that's that i it completely blanked out of my mind that that game even happened now that you're saying it it's in there. I can see the little kind of like highlights, but when I was looking at the schedule, I just glanced over that game. I was like, nope, that didn't happen. But you're right, it sure as heck did. So it's three games in twenty-four days.
0: No, it's it's insane just the amount of or the lack of games, I guess. It's on unbelievable. But what let's talk about their schedule coming up. As we kinda of already established, they're supposed to play tomorrow or today by the time you're listening to this. Uh, and then you have games against on Saturday against Washington, uh, and then again, home and away against the Flyers on the 17th and the 18th. So uh, those are obviously divisional games and a chance to make up some points.
1: Yeah, those games mean a whole heck of a lot, assuming they happen. Also, I believe Philly's going through some stuff COVID-wise. They had games called off recently as well. So things are going on there with Philly. Who knows? Uh, And and if Philly can't play right now, like the Flyers, sorry, the Islanders have three games with the Flyers over the next week plus. Right from the 17th to the 25th, they play them three times. That's a lot of games that are just going to now be up in the air potentially. But assuming they play, you're right. These are divisional games. They're four-point games. But we're talking about the two teams immediately ahead of them in the standings.
0: Yeah, it's a big deal because, like you said, they're right in front of them. Um, obviously, the Islanders have a bunch of games in hand. They have eight games in hand to New Jersey and seven to Philly, and they trail them by seven points.
1: <laughs> right. Like the, the games in hand is absolutely wild. And obviously, everyone has eyes on the first wild card spot or the last wild card spot, I guess, if you look at it that way. Um, and, and that's where the Islanders want to be, in a wild card spot. What is the closest one to them? It's the lowest one. But like everyone has pointed out, and rightfully so, they have to jump a bunch of teams ahead of them. So yes, they do have to catch the Boston Bruins, but they've also got to leapfrog the Red Wings, Blue Jackets, Flyers, and Devils, who are right ahead of them. Now, they've got some ground to make up, like you pointed out. They've got a bunch of games or a bunch of points back of the New Jersey Devils and the Flyers assuming they win their games against them, that still doesn't put them ahead of those play, of those teams. It, it narrows the gap significantly, but that's all they're concerned with right now. It's at the very least, you gotta narrow the gap because if you can't do that, there ain't no there ain't no chance.
0: No, exactly. You have to, like the time the time is now. It, it's mm-hmm. been time, uh, but specifically, right when you come back, um, as you mentioned, Devils right in front of you, Philly right in front of you. If you come out and, and you're flat and you're, I don't know, 1-2-1 and one in your next four games, the uh, you you might as well just say we're not going to play February, March, and April because you've <laughs> dug yourself. It's too deep at that point. You need to come out of this and you need to play well. And for the most part, the Islanders are healthy COVID-wise. They have someone who, who's injured right now and can't play with Ryan Pulock. Out with COVID. And Barry Trotz, who left, came back, and then got COVID and is going to miss probably the next two games. So it'll be Lane Lambert here for a little bit. But at, at least, like, it's pretty much the same team that they've been dealing with since, I don't know, late December, I guess.
1: Yeah, and like things are going well for them right now. They're on a two-game winning streak. They're five, two, and three over the last ten. When you look at the last ten, the only two teams or three teams that are better than them in the wild card standings, I guess, is Pittsburgh, Boston, the top two teams for the wild card, and the Ottawa Senators, who are six points back of the of the Islanders. So like, uh, we don't have to worry about the Senators being a factor. I I would assume. So those are the only, the only three teams that are better than the Islanders right now. So that means the Red Wings, Blue Jackets, Flyers, and Devils are not. And, and they really aren't, right? Devils, four, six, and oh, recently. Philly, four, three, and three. Worse for Columbus at three, six, and one, and Detroit at three, five, and two. Like all of these teams are cooling down. So when the Islanders have games on them and they've got games in hand on all of these teams, quite a few games in hand for some of them, um, <clears throat> Th- these games coming up mean a whole lot. Not just four-point games, but they mean a lot in terms of just la morale, like we say in French. Just mm-hmm. you look at it and you say, like, I feel good about myself because we've got some more wins and we're building up into something better.
0: Yeah, the the morale of the team. There you go. It's perfect.
1: Yeah. It I, translates. I guess is an English word for that. <laughs> it tra-
0: no, it, it translates. You're right. Um, But looking at this stretch, and there's a lot of... A lot of home games once the Islanders come mm. back, which is a great thing. So uh, over their next, let's count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games. Ten of them are at home. Yeah, they, they got the one away to Philly. That's the one away. Yeah, game. Yeah, and that's a two-hour drive. Like it it, it it is an away game, but outside of like the Rangers or New Jersey, that's probably your your best shot at an, you know an away game. It's not like you're flying somewhere and and staying overnight. You're probably you know, driving and it's a day of it, you know?
1: Yeah, the tough away schedule isn't until April where they've got an eight game road trip. What are we doing here? A 13 game road trip to start the year and basically an eight game road trip to end the year. They have um 10 away games in April, three or four of them are at home. What are we doing here? Yeah, I don't know. That one doesn't make any sense at all. Right? Like they couldn't, you know, sprinkle it around the rest of the year? Nah, get it at the start and at the end. Done. What right because it's 18 games, so we're talking about 21 games total on the road. That's in, in two, like at the t- start and the end. Oh, my god, that's insane!
0: Yeah, that's gonna be a tough stretch of games, too. We don't have to look that far ahead, but it's just no, it's <laughs> it's Strength frustrating. The schedule
1: doesn't look good,
0: no, no. At that point, it, it really doesn't. So now, now's your freaking time, man. The islanders usually cook at home. Um, obviously that wasn't the case early to open UBS, but there were some other issues. Um, but this is a team that's usually very good at home. and if they're scoring goals like they were you know in December, I think you have a pretty good chance. I mean you look back at some of these games, three, four, three, three, one, but then four, three, five, like that's
1: some pretty good goal scoring. Usually we know once the Islanders get the three goals they're in pretty good shape that's usually the case so since december 1st just because you brought it up and, and i think that's a good line to put in the sand to to evaluate where they are as it stands now uh, where do they stand now offensively i just oof, not good i'm growing down the list <laughs> 26th for goals four they're sixth in the nhl since december 1st in goals four that is not good well, They 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 need to do better do goals, 18th in goals four per game
0: i was gonna say do goals for game because they haven't played in forever
1: that's true. So 18th, that's, that's a little bit better. So they're right there in the middle of the pack. Uh, um, and, and goals against, obviously you want to see that number be super low and it is. They are, let me reverse their ranking here. Come on, let's go. Eighth, eighth okay. for, uh, goals against per game. And that, that's what you want to see from the Islanders. They're, they're dealing with a three goals four per game on average, 2.91. Uh, and, uh, just under two and a half goals against per game. So 2.36. That's yeah. winning hockey for the Islanders.
0: Right. If the Islanders can keep it in top 10 in goals against and be around the middle of the pack in goals for, and, you know, same with the power play. We, we have had the number since, what, December 4th, how much better the power play has been. Yeah. Um, and if you're around middle of the pack there too, then the Islanders will be fine. But it's a matter of keeping it at that pace
1: it that that's really it so like they they need to continue doing what they've been doing so far and you touched on it earlier right like we're gonna have most of the team around for this we expect right like covid could still hit but if you take out the players who've already got it because the likelihood of them getting again isn't very high although Connor mcdavid got it twice so it's possible it's certainly possible But let's, you know, fingers crossed, let's not assume that, you know, there's still a possibility here, but they were not talking about like eight guys are going to be going out and all of them are gone. So, like, I don't know. I I like the Islanders chances as they come back with a nearly full health squad uh, going into some very important stretch of games against some teams that are directly ahead of them in the standings that they need to pass. Uh, Just as kind of like a measuring stick. Like we did it. We passed them. We're good. We're trending in the right direction. You know, they passed Buffalo the other day. Good. Now let's do New Jersey. That's going to take a little bit, not just one game. But, you know, you got to take it one game at a time here.
0: Yeah, exactly. At this point, you just have to do one game at a time. I know it's a cliche, but that's you just got to look at what's in what's in front of you right now
1: yeah and like that applies to anyone right? that, that's why the cliche works because even the championship teams the guys that teams at the top of the standings they're not like stanley cup baby because they know once they start doing that stanley cup baby ain't gonna happen look at the edmonton Oilers.
0: yeah it happens uh, unfortunately so you can't you know count your eggs before they hatch what's the expression i think that works for it right
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can't count. You're like, this is going to be a good one. And they're like, yoink, you got nothing in it because you didn't, you know, like you you can't just rest on your laurels. Every team is like that from the championship teams to the ones at the bottom. They have to take it one game at a time and hope to God it turns around just like the Islanders.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So Um, we'll see. Obviously, important games here over the next little while and a lot of it's home cooking. So hopefully that helps. Anything else on just the return and schedule looking forward?
1: No, like, again, right, can't wait, right, Tw- three games, sorry, three games in 24 days. That's insane, three games in basically a month. That's so effing long. It is. Um, so with that, do you want to
0: transition and get into some of uh, the trade rumors a little bit? Yeah, I think we have to talk about that. Um, so there's two defensemen kind of on the, the block, or at least the... Twitter trade block, so uh, we'll talk through them. Um, Mitch has wrote about both of them, so why don't you
1: get us started here? So the guys we're talking about, no lie or no, no secret, I should say, is Jacob Chitrin, or do you call it Chikrin? I don't know. I would say Chitron. I don't know if it's right or not. I say Chitrin, Maybe. too. Maybe I should look on Hockey Reference. I'm going to do this now live on the fly. Hockey, because they, they have a pronunciation key, don't they? Usually. Oh, they, they used to. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. So, Jacob Chitrin. Where is he? There he is. Or is it Chikrin? More bio. They say Chikrin. Okay. So, there you go. And now we know. According to hockey reference, it's Chikrin. Anyways, so the two guys that we're talking about, Jacob Chikrin and uh, John Klinberg, are out there. Apparently though with Klingberg he didn't actually ask for a trade. He's just telling management to get off their you know their butts and, and get him a contract because he's looking to sign and they haven't done anything yet. But either way, they're both out there. So should the Islanders go after either one of those two guys?
0: Uh that's where the debate comes in. With and it's that one is so appealing because they need help on the left side. Behind um, Adam Pellick. And he's young and controllable at cost. His cap hit is $4.6 million from the blue line. And he had 18 goals in 56 games last year. Once again, this isn't a forward. This is from the blue line, playing 23 and a half minutes last year and 24.50 <laughs> this year. He's on on the, what team as well, right? On Arizona. It, right. And like, obviously, people are going to say he's a minus 29, but. I mean, it's, it's Arizona. Who the hell cares? It, it's not going to be comparable to what he'd be doing on the Islanders Is or any team
1: that's not a, I don't know, bottom three team in the league. Nick Letty was a minus 42 one year. Right, right like, and now people th- are crying that Nick Letty's gone. <laughs> right. And it's no, no. sorry, I'll laugh not to make fun of them because they're not wrong. Like, I, I would like Nick Letty here, but, like, that wasn't going to happen. We all know that. It's just the irony yeah exactly so and plus minus is is a bad stat like he's on a bad team we know that the the negative really reflects that um to me the argument here is we need scoring from the back end i suppose like i I think everyone is still stuck on the argument of what the islanders needed from october right like Mm -hmm. we need a left-hand shot puck moving defenseman and so they want one that that's that's what they're looking at right now um, and, and I get it because Chikorin is, is a left-hand defenseman. He's got goals in his pocket. He's, like you said, young, uh, controllable, and he's got a really nice cap hit. So that that is the appealing one there. That, that's, and, and that's why I, I don't understand why we would go for John Klingberg. Not only is he not young, he's not controllable because he becomes a UFA. He's not cheap. Right now he is a four two five, but he will no longer be that, again, UFA pending UFA, and he's a right-shot defenseman. And I, I know I've got it right this time. I've got you it go. in front of me as I'm saying it. Uh, I always screw up left and right, but um, he's a right-shot defenseman, and the Islanders do not need that with Ryan Pollock, Noah Dobson, and Scott Mayfield. Obviously, someone will say, like, well, lose Scott Mayfield for John Klingberg. Cool, but like Scott Mayfield still serves a role that needs to be serviced on this team. You can't just be like screw penalty killers and guys that play defense. You can't do that. No, yeah, obviously. Um,
0: and like it, it's nothing against Klingberg, who's obviously he's a very very good player. Um, I just don't think it makes sense on on this team. Um, they don't need they don't need a righty. They don't need someone who's approaching thirty and going to need a new contract. That's I don't know. Uh, again, good player, but when you take in the full context, I don't think that one really makes sense at all.
1: No, and then you got to consider, what is it going to cost to get this guy? What is it going to cost in the trade deadline to get John Klingberg, who's ninth in scoring since 2015 for defensemen? Yeah, it's going to be a lot. You're talking about a first, at minimum a first and another piece. Minimum we're, we're talking minimum this is even like Jim Neal is not going to hang up the phone if you if you throw that at him he'll be like all right well how about this and that extra probably so you're going all right well we're giving up a first and something else at the very least for John Klingberg how long for do we get him for right. and then is Lou going to be like let me give you that 66 million dollar deal you're looking for. I don't
0: no, think so. No, I, I don't. I don't think so either. But comparatively with Chitren, it's more um, appealing because he's, as we already mentioned, he's cheap, but for multiple more years, and he's still young. So, to me, that if you're going to do for one of the two, it's him. Now you you get into the whole other conversation of should they be even be trading for a defenseman? Should they be trading for a scoring winger? And that is also a valid argument.
1: Yeah. The only problem with the argument with it with a scoring winger. And, and that's an argument I'm putting forward. I, I am of camp. Get a winger instead of a get a defenseman. Um, It's that there aren't necessarily them available. Like, is there another Jacob Chikrin out in the market right now for a scoring winger? Like a comparable? No, I don't think so. No, absolutely not. There isn't one that's the only issue right like the best winger if I'm looking at the fourth period has a trade watch list right now so I'm basing myself off of that the top 25 guys the first scoring winning winger you can maybe talk yourself into is Jake DeBrusque mm. and, and like I'm not good he had a, a really good season once right like was it three years ago yeah. yeah, in 2018-19 had 27 goals, 42 points in 68 games. That's pretty darn good, right? 27 divided by 68 times 82. That's a 33-goal scorer and 51-point player.
0: He's basic. I feel like he's, I don't know, he's Boston's version of Anthony Beauvillier.
1: Yeah, if Anthony Beauvillier could get together for an entire year.
0: But that's uh, but that's the thing. It, it seems like neither could DeBrusque except for that one year.
1: Yeah, true. And like we've got one of those, right? We've already got Anthony Bovillier. So do we need another one? No, we need someone better than that. We need Tarasenko in his prime, which is kind of what's going on right now. But is St. Louis really going to trade Tarasenko in season? No, that was a before season thing if it was going to happen. Yeah, well, maybe if they were bad, but last I checked, they are not bad. I'm just gonna pull up the standings just to make sure I'm not making a fool of myself here. But I'm pretty sure they're in a playoff position in the West. They are yeah, third in the West or sorry, in the Central. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> they're not moving him. No, obviously they're definitely not. So then the options just went from no one to like I guess it's gonna have to be a wing a defenseman. But then you get into like, do we want to move like the three to four pieces it's gonna to take to get to get Jacob Chikrin, and for what? What do we? What, what's the, all the The play here exactly? Um, I, I think
0: the the play then would be it, it helps you not only now but in the in the future too. Um, I don't. Know, is that enough for you?
1: I I guess, but like. To me, it's got. If you're going to be playing Jacob Chickren, that means someone's going to have less offensive time, and so who's getting less offensive time? And if the guy that, that is taking the hit offensively in terms of time um, is someone who isn't very good offensively, fine. But that that is either Noah Dobson or or Ryan Pollock. Uh, yeah, but I, I guess so, right? I know they're both righties, and Chickran is not a righty. But you have to balance the righty lefty roles. So let let's assume they bring in Chikrin, right? We're not even talking about the cost. Let's just say they bring him in. Okay. What are the pairings? It it, it can't be Chikrin Dobson. Mm. This has got to be like Chikrin Pullock. Or, or Chikrin Mayfield. I hope not. That
0: uh, <laughs> I hope not. I don't I think I'd rather do Chikrin and than
1: uh Pelic Dobson right So that means in the balance of offense defense you can't have like two guys who just straight out offense. you've got to give Pollock the defensive role because he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. So that means maybe a little bit less offense out of him. So if that's the balance you at home are willing to make, cool fine then, then if that's the player willing to make, make that trade. fine. I'm kind of iffy on that because I know if Ryan Pollock plays to, to his his potential, That we've seen before he can get 10 to 12 goals and that's perfectly fine for the new york islanders and they can keep those four pieces that they've got or maybe use three of those to get a top end winger
0: yeah i think the the only issue is like i in theory yes i agree i'd probably prefer a top flight winger i just don't i don't think there's one available and i think you'd be
1: settling true that that is the 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 main sinking point to like the the Achilles heel of my of my argument, right? Like I could charge into war like Achilles, like I'm going to kill you just single handedly, and someone goes like, w-, and none's available, chink, and it hits me right in the ankle, and done, I'm dead. Yeah, <laughs> or the heel, the heel, the either ankles. or what both. Am I talking about <laughs> same general weakness, which really reflects my overall weakness. So just hit me anywhere, and it kind of fall anyways.
0: No, but th- I, it, it's understandable, but it's. Again, like I'm, I'm frustrated. I find myself frustrated now because I would love, like I see on Twitter all the time, that the Islanders need to get a scoring winger in here. Outside of Vladimir Tarasenko, who's not getting moved in season, what? Who, who are you trading for?
1: That's the thing. I know I bring up Liney. That's the one I want. But like that again, that's not necessarily something Columbus is going to do right now. Maybe at the trade deadline if they continue being bad. Because um, they have to re-sign him, right? He they, they qualified him to this whatever deal, um, and I don't know if they're gonna want to do that. But he'd be perfect. Is that what the Islanders want to do? I, I, sorry, is that something Columbus is willing to do? I don't know. They, they, yes, they might be doing bad, but like they've got a twenty four old twenty four year old forty to fifty goal score on their team. You don't give those up for nothing.
0: No, I I don't I don't think so, but. Who knows? I mean, he already, he was moved once. He was in the doghouse at uh, Tortorella. I know they have a new coach in there now, but it's just, uh, I don't know. That's maybe the only one, the other one, I guess. But as you said, like, are they going to want to move him to a division
1: opponent? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Division opponent is a nice little caveat to put on that. Um, yeah, who knows, right? But But to your point originally... I'm focusing on Patrick Laine. It's not because someone has said Patrick Laine is available. So outside of him, who is available? <laughs> no one. Yeah, that, that that's it. That end of right, list. It, it, that's really end of list. Like you can say Vladimir Tarasenko all you want. But again, third in the Central Division. Ain't no way they're trading him right now. And no way he's going to want to do that either. I'm in a playoff position. Why am I going anywhere?
0: Yeah, no, he's probably good where
1: he is too. So yeah, I'll wait till the offseason. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, so I do there's kind
1: of kind of stuck in no man's land right now. They they really are and like they kind of makes sense too, right when you look at where they are in the standings. Why would you make a big money move right now anyways? Why would you trade for let's say Chikrin? Unless you well, sorry, let's just one point at a time here. Um me regulating myself here. Um if you're trading for Chikrin, you're giving off a first, you're giving off Bo. you're giving off probably a high prospect, probably someone like Altutatu um and something else who says those pieces you can't use like that first round pick we keep talking about the prospect pool not being really good this is a good draft if you're not going to be a good team use that draft pick baby yeah that's true even like a 10th or 12th pick look at what the, some of those guys are doing right now right like uh, oliver Walsh and noah dobson are doing pretty darn good
0: yep no, you're right, and then that would really help the uh, the
1: prospect pool, which, as we all know, isn't the the hottest at the moment. It isn't, and you also help yourself in in the uh, in the later years, right, where you get positive contributions, positive value from guys who are making a lot of money. Like we saw the Athletics list today, and we wrote about it on the site today. Um, Oliver Wilson, Noah Dobson, giving the team like nine million dollars in found value because they're playing like five to six million dollar players but they're only costing the Islanders less than one each yeah that's that's found money you need to get those in an economy like the NHL is in right now that's that's true like we I mean
0: how long did we talk about getting good value on ELC guys
1: for years years and now we're finally getting it right and not just those guys Kiefer Bellows as well I didn't see his value. I don't, I don't think he, he got one because he doesn't play a whole lot, but like he's, get, he's definitely getting money value right now. Absolutely. So uh, is there anything else on either of these two guys that you want to hit, hit on? No, I think I think we hit on it. We can sit here and debate like, oh, we shouldn't have this guy or th- this pick in there. Or th- this I-, I hate debating what should be in or out of a trade package because it's so subjective. Yep. And like it's really talking about semantics. I would rather discuss like we did about, well, what should we actually be going for here? And what's the actual goal? Gotcha.
0: No, absolutely. So with that, I guess, down on the farm time.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. So there's not a ho- there's one big thing. I, I keep saying there's not a whole lot going on, but there's one big thing that's happening on the farm right now, and it's Ben Mereches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's ooh, the story there? I don't know. I have no idea. It, you could convince me of anything that he's signing, that something bad happened. I don't know what is happening. I've reached out to him. I'm checking my phone again. He has not reached back to me to let me know what's going on, and you know why would he? I guess I've only spoken to him the once, but. I just, I don't know what's going on there. He left Providence. He is no longer with Providence after deciding to stay for a fifth year. I don't know if it's because they got a new defenseman in that might be chewing into some ice time and he's going like, why am I staying here if I'm not getting ice time? I don't know if it's the Islanders decided to sign me and I'm going to go. I don't know if it's something off ice that happened. I, I don't know what happened here at all. and No one seems to know. Hopefully it's not
0: something bad. Hopefully it's hey, I got a contract.
1: I don't think so. Like I, I've been snooping around trying to find some things out. Obviously, if I found something out that was really bad, I probably wouldn't. Well, I know I don't. I wouldn't say anything. Um, but like, I, I don't see any signs of anything awful happening but that doesn't mean that i've i've found every sort of i've turned over every single stone possible i've tried every single stone that i know exists i've turned over to try to find something and i haven't found anything yet there's something going on we just don't know what the heck is happening yeah that that was a weird one because i saw that
0: when was that two days ago yeah Yeah. so it's yeah that kind of seems to come out
1: of the blue and catch people off guard It did. The timing is really weird, right? We're January 12th. There's still half the season to go for the NCAA for Providence, who, let me check the standings here. I believe they're doing pretty well. Uh, I don't think they're one of the best teams in their division, but I think they're they're decent enough. Uh, Where are they here? They're fourth in the Hockey East. So, like, they're, they're a good side, and he decides to leave. Now, it is... Like, mid-semester type thing, right? So, like, the first semester just finished. They're about to start the second semester, and he leaves between the two. So, at first, the timing seemed weird, but the more I think about it, you're like, obviously, the best timing would be at the end of the season, but this seems like a pretty good time if there was one. But outside of that, I don't know what's going on, man. I have no idea. He was having an okay year, and then it's just gone? What the heck is going on here?
0: Yeah, that's the thing, because it wasn't like there was some, like, I don't know, he's, like he's having a brutal season or anything like that where he just completely fell off the rails. It, it, it Again, I'm going to use the same word. It, it seemed to come out of nowhere.
1: It does, and like the press release from the team doesn't really leave me with a lot of positive vibes. Like usually when a player leaves to go and sign somewhere, they're congratulatory, right? They say, like, congrats, thank you very much. The press release from the club, or the team, I should say, was just kind of like, he left, we wish him luck. Done. Okay, so they don't give you much they, they did not say much and it didn't leave anyone with a, um, a good taste in their mouth now that's not that that's again it's it's speculation and, and I hate doing that but at this point that there's nothing and, and I've tried to find something and I haven't found anything yet um, of course we're not filling the blanks to say this is what probably happened it's just something happened we don't know what and like you could, convince me of any way I could feel positive I could feel negative about it I keep hoping for the positive but I haven't seen anything yet
0: yeah it's I don't know it's definitely something we're
1: gonna have to keep an eye on but I, I don't know right now it's just speculation yeah um, last thing I want to bring up in the uh, prospect corner here down on the farm is that um, Autoratu scored a point today in a mm. 4-1 win for Yukrit, who now just leapfrogged Carpot in the standings and Ooh. I know he's not going to be like, yes, because he wanted to stay there type of thing. Uh, that recently came out as well. Like he wanted to stay. He didn't want to move. He wanted to keep playing for Carpot f- t- till the end of the contract, no matter what. Um, but now that they're ahead of, of them, not just because of him, but obviously a key factor for it It's got to feel a little good to be like, y'all doubted me. And now I've got like 17 points in 16 games with this new team. Above 50% of faceoff win, and we just leapfrogged you in the standings, and we have a game in hand. Lulls. Yeah.
0: That's uh, the irony is there, which I'm sure he's a big fan of.
1: Yeah. I haven't asked him about that, and I don't plan on it because no. I'm sure he's just going to be like, he has all, nothing but respect for Carpot. Nothing but respect for Carpot. He's happy where he is now, and he's glad he got the change, but he didn't want to leave them. So he obviously you want to have a one up on your better on on your former team and he's got it now but he's not going to be like dancing in the halls and calling up his brother being like his brother plays for the other team by the way (laughs) I was going to say he doesn't seem like the vindictive kind no he doesn't Um, it's funny he was talking about um, and I have to thank Tia for this the Tia did a lot of this translation for him he, he being auto um, auto did a an interview for Red Bull who does the the U20 sponsor type thing he's the U20 player the month end in December and he did a, a big interview with them and he talked about going back to Carpot for the first time and playing like I, I'm I'm glad there wasn't a lot of fans there because it kind of would have been distracting and to a point where I might have made a pass to my brother because he's so used to it or like a gone into the car pot bench because I'm so used to it. But because there's no fans kind of like adding that extra layer of emotion, it wasn't that hard for me to get into the, the groove of the game and, and just, just win. That they did been... that twice, by the way. Good for them.
0: But that would have that been so funny though. Like if he just hopped on the wrong bench or something just that I because ha- because that's something I could totally see myself doing just as a creature of habit like I can't tell you how many times like so I mean you're obviously not from Long Island but I'm assuming a big portion of our listenership is when I have my old job I'm driving on the southern state I would always have to hop off and take the Seaford Oyster Bay exit and like anytime I was driving on the southern state like I just muscle memory i'd want to like start getting over and be like okay exit 28a is coming up it's time to hop on the seafood oyster bay um but it's like no you dope you're not going to work today you're going to you know somewhere else um so i could like totally would happen to me
1: yeah absolutely i'm kind of the same way so i'm glad that didn't happen so good for him um, but that, that's all I've got for the, uh, the prospect update. Is there any, any prospect you had any questions on?
0: No, really? We covered the big one, the big story. That's what I wanted to hear more on, but I kind of figured that we wouldn't, we're just waiting in C mode. It's not like we really have any info on
1: it. Yeah. I, I'm constantly looking. I'm refreshing Twitter. I'm doing searches. I'm contacting people I know. As far as the people I've contacted, no one knows anything yet. Now, um, that could obviously change. And of course, we will find out what happened exactly. Hopefully, it's something positive. I, I'm really, I'm holding out hope it's something positive. Absolutely. Um, so with that, shall we do quiz? Let's do it. As we do every week, there's a mystery New York Islander player for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. You have five clues to guess who this player is. They get progressively easier, I hope, as we go. Uh, Matt, are you ready? Yes, let's do it. First one, I was drafted in the ninth round. Okay, next. Two, I made the aisles out of camp. Okay, next. Yeah, so the implication there is that he wasn't necessarily a for player when, when he was on the team that year. Three, I have 223 points in 304 games with the Islanders. It's a pretty darn good player.
0: Yes, yeah. Who the hell could it be? Ninth round pick? Okay. I don't have a guess yet.
1: Four, I played with Tavares a lot. Like a lot.
0: Just drafted by the Islanders, Franz Nielsen?
1: Incorrect. So, like, played with directly, not like on the same team type of thing. Okay.
0: Oh no, and Franz is a second. I was just trying to think of like people from that era where there were nine rounds. Okay.
1: Five. I was traded for Vonnegut. Oh, Matt Molson. Correct. Okay. He was a ninth-round pick um, by the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. Okay. And then, yeah, he was signed by the Islanders as a free agent, and then he made the team out of camp and uh, never looked back since. Think,
0: that was my own fault. I was thinking of guys drafted by the Islanders. I wasn't even thinking like Matt
1: Molson. Ah, there you go. Um, and the reason he came to mind is just the Bridgeport Islanders who beat the, uh, the Hershey Bears. Um, he wasn't playing, but the Hershey Bears is where he's at, so I just thought of him. Okay. And he just uh, recovered from surgery, right? That's right. So that's why he wasn't playing, but I, I thought of him. Okay, there we go. I love Matt Molson. He was one of my favorites. Right, good guy, good player, so good things going on there. Do you want to do social now? Yeah, let's do it. What do we got going around the Niles Twitter this week? First one we'll here from Jacqueline, I'm going to say. J-A-C-L-I-N, or L-Y-N, I'm sorry. Uh, just Jacqueline X Lori, me showing up to the next. So obviously, this is on Twitter. Me showing up to the next Isles game after waiting so long, and it's like this old lady with her walker, like stepping out, like oh god. And then all <laughs> the replies to that, it, it's been eighty four years. Like that, that gif of the Titanic the lady,
0: satanic. yeah, yeah.
1: And it's all different people, all different people retweeting with the same or, or, or replying with the same gif and. She's not wrong, right? Three games in 24 days. Ridiculous. No, and I have two,
0: so I'll go with the one that's kind of similar to piggyback off that. This is from Nightvine on Twitter. Uh, it says, I have aged a year since the Isles have last played a game. <laughs> it's just, it, it's true. It feels like forever, man. Like As we said, was it two games in 24 days or three in 24? It's just like,
1: it's hard to get into a rhythm. It feels like I haven't watched them in forever. Right. And we're three months into the season and we haven't watched them forever. This, these are the dog days of the season. That's like we're supposed to be getting bored because there's so much hockey going on. There's no hockey happening. None. No, I'm craving it. It feels like it's the start of the season all over again. It really does. And Insan- Like, oh God, there's been so much off time since COVID. Right. We had that first really long break, the second long break, and, and now the breaks within the breaks. Three. Ridiculous. They're the only, they got to be the only team in the league with three breaks, right? I I think so, yeah. It's insane. It's why they're the the play team with the least amount of games played, right? It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Uh, what else did you have? I got something from hockey underscore Samurai who says, Danny Parfait with a hip check on Guy Lafleur, a lost art. And uh, it's a picture here. And you can see Danny. And then you see Guy Lafleur upside down, face <laughs> on the ice, uh, eyes like oh, bad eye. His pack of smokes, I'm sure, is falling out somewhere. He loves smoking on the bench. He left out did, um, and just skates all the way up in the air. Denny's got like a he hey, kind of face on him. Love it, absolutely love it. Mainly because it's Denny,
0: of course, but still, that's epic. Um, my last one is from the account is David nine five four Florida, uh, and I'm sure most people have seen the video, but. The caption to this says, "I think Kodak found something better to do at the Panthers game." Um, so, yeah, how about what? What's your thoughts on the the Kodak Black situation?
1: So it turns out she was dancing, right? Like, there's yes. a, a close-up video. Yes. My only question is, who dances like that? And not her. I'm not blaming her here. Him. How who dances in the position that he's in? He's not just standing there. Usually when when, when that kind of dance is happening, I don't know the proper terms. I don't want to speak like random words here. When someone dances like that, the person behind them is usually standing still or at least kind of like dancing along with it. This guy's leaned over almost 90 degrees. Who does that? Yeah, I think he was holding himself up. That's what it looked like now. Was he that drunk that he could like? Was she trying to prop him up with her butt? Is that what was happening here? I mean, could hey, be. Hey Kodak, I gotta get you up, and this is the only way I know how to do it. <laughs> could
0: could be, but um, yeah, that was a fun like I don't know, however long where people thought they were doing something else.
1: Yeah, I like <laughs> the, the Florida Panthers press box is right next to them too. <laughs> It's just
0: the the video from like the far one all the way across is just an all-time video because it's, you see the crowd and then you zoom in and see that and then they zoom back out. It's just
1: ridiculous. All I can think of was like the row of teenagers in, like at the like backing them going like, how do they I can understand how section 425, I guess not many sections in Florida. 225 in Florida might not hear that, but the row next to it, they got to be like someone, even from like the peripheral vision, like what the hell is going on over there? Yeah, something something's not right over here. Unbelievable stuff there. Did you have anything else? My last one here from comes from Will Shir-Kru- Shirushi. I'm sorry, Will, if I mispronounced that. Um, who says, my dad, what did you get now? Rolls eyes. He says, me, an autographed Al-, Al Arbor photo. Dad, who? Apparently dad's not a hockey fan. How much did you pay for that? And he says $40. To his dad's credit says, well, not to his dad's credit, actually, to his dad's discredit says, stop wasting your money on stupid things. And it's a picture of Al Arbor celebrating with the Stanley Cup with, I believe it's Denny Potvin. I'm not really sure. I can't tell exactly who the player is, but it's a signed picture of Al Arbor from uh, it says Hockey Hall of Fame or Hall of Fame 96. That is a damn good for $40. That seems like a damn good deal. You got there. Will, I would not be pissed about that at all. That is a great purchase. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, For especially for $40. I thought you were going to give me a number like, I don't know, in the hundreds. Yeah, well, I've been looking into Pokemon cars recently. Just like anyways, the whole thing. And like the, the values are like wild. So I thought like this is going to be super expensive. 40 bucks. Heck yeah. 40 American dollars too. That's like $20,000 Canadian. <laughs> I love it, but
0: I would say worth your while. Hang that up somewhere nice, and uh keep that where you see it. That's a cool picture.
1: Yeah, right where Dad can see it all, like all the time. Whenever he walks by, be like, "Oh, these shutters," but you know that it's worth more than that, at least emotionally.
0: Yeah, it's it's basically art. People pay more than that for art. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So, good job, Will. Sweet. All right. So before we go, let's get some plugs in here. Wherever you listen to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and a review. Real, really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You could also subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com/slash eyes on Isles. You get a mailbag show, which we're about to record right after this. Uh, you get post game shows once games actually are played. Uh, you get a off season summer series, which is a whole lot of fun, a Discord channel with Ionathers fans. It's it's a good time over there.
1: It is. We got nine questions on the mailbag, which is more than I thought we'd get considering how few games have been played recently. Um, but we've got some mailbagging to do. Uh, and so you at home, sign up now and get in on that mailbag glory and the Discord. What are you talking about now in the Discord? Oh, right. Spiz sent us a picture of, of a um, an ice cleaner or a Zamboni machine, if you will, on the highway. And he asked me how uh, how fast that goes. And I, and I quoted him a, a kilometers per hour. And then we got into a long discussion about how... You know, they're not Canadian. So, anyways, good to old times yeah. happening in the Discord.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, it's usually a blast over there.
1: Um, Do we do Twitter?
0: Twitter, Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter, Matt O'Leary, NY, Mitch, TLO Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com, Eyes on Isles. Uh, website, Eyes on Isles.com. And the fan-sided app. That's all the places you can get us. Perfect. That's all of them. Love it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate it. As always, once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we will catch you next time.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Crispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.